2023 is over, so what did the movie world learn? Here are my five takeaways from the year in movies that was 2023. This is Scott's Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am kicking off my kind of lists from 2023, starting with five lessons from the movie year. And yeah, this was an interesting year for movies, for reasons I'll get into, just because there's a lot of uh, potential paradigm shifts happening. So yeah, so without further ado, let's get started. It's been an up-and-down year in the movie world, where the biggest story of the year had less to do with what happened on screen versus the conflict between Hollywood studios and the writers and actors. Yay, organized labor. With that in mind, now's a great time to reflect on the movie year that was and provide some lessons that movie makers should, and probably won't, learn. Lesson number one, superhero movies need to do more than just exist. Are superhero movies dead? That's the question that movie media has been grappling with the entire year as three DC projects have underperformed at the box office, and Marvel, for the first time in a long time, looked vulnerable. This seems like a silly conclusion when two of the biggest movies of the year, both at the box office and critically, were Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And audiences who did seek out movies like Blue Beetle and The Marvels thoroughly enjoyed themselves. So what should the takeaway from 2023 be? The genre has to do more than just show up to make an impact. When you've got six to seven superhero movies coming out every year, you need something else to get butts in seats and sell yourselves to audiences beyond nostalgia or brand loyalty. Like perhaps make a really good movie, market it effectively, and pick your release dates carefully. Basic movie biz stuff, but sadly something that seems further and further from studio heads' minds. Lesson number two, we have a movie press problem. I could easily dub this the Marvel's problem and move on, but that doesn't really detail how blatant and awful a lot of the movie press has been this year. Don't get me wrong, there are plenty of thoughtful and talented writers either dissecting movies or the business with the best of intentions and putting things in an appropriate context. But seemingly for every single one of these responsible writers, we get another belch from Variety about how the Marvels underperformed at the box office while completely ignoring that Aquaman 2 did even worse. And here's some glaring lowlights. For instance, we have mindless regurgitation of studio talking points during the strikes, nonstop clickbait about Marvel movies, in particular the Marvels, and how the genre is dead, mindless regurgitation of studio heads justifying their decisions to scrap fully shot, produced, and edited projects, dubious claims about which movies will or won't be successful, and a barrage of -of out-of-context interview quotes to elicit audience responses. None of this is new per se, but this is the year that it became inescapable. In a year when the movie press could give us big news from the front lines or profiles about what writers' and actors' reasons for striking were, the big-name publications decided to elicit controversy or bend the knee to big studios. Just shameful. Lesson number three, the international breakthrough might be at hand. Every few years, there's been an international breakthrough whose critical reception is so high that it seemingly forces its way into theaters and box office success. In the early 2000s, it was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and a few years ago, it was Parasite. What has seemingly never happened is multiple films breaking through in the same year. In 2023, it happened in the span of a single month. The one-two punch of Miyazaki's final animated film, Boy and the Heron, and the universal acclaim for Godzilla Minus One not only got both movies United States releases, but also made them champions at the box office. 
Admittedly, there are a number of additional factors that allowed this to happen, including a light box office in winter, and Miyazaki and Godzilla are well-known entities in the U.S., but my hope is that this will prove to distributors that there was and is an audience for foreign films besides arthouse cinemas, and that some of the best crowd-pleasers aren't made in the U.S. Lesson number four, make movies for all kinds of people. There's a lot of lessons to learn from the Barbenheimer phenomenon, like maybe how spending a bunch of money on an R-rated drama can pay off, or that audiences really like comedies that are mostly comedies, or that women and girls exist and you should make movies aimed at them. Obviously, studios are already learning the wrong lessons from this. See Mattel looking to greenlight a half dozen movies about their other toy lines, when the real lesson is staring them right in the face. Make different kinds of movies. If you're thinking about spending another $200 million on your next superhero movie that has no audience enthusiasm, maybe use that money to make five other movies for women, for older folks, for folks that want to laugh, for an up-and-coming action director, or a horror movie, or queer folks. This is what a lot of people within the movie business have been talking about for years. With all of the money put into single projects, it means a lot of other movies simply aren't getting made. And now, it's the perfect time to change course. And finally, fuck studio heads. If you had any faith in studio heads before this year, I sincerely hope that 2023 stripped you of of that. And there's perhaps no better example than Warner Brothers head David Zaslav. In a year that should be a victory lap as the studio enjoyed its first true number one movie in a long time via Barbie, Zaslav did seemingly everything in his power to remove any and all good vibes. He canned multiple projects for tax write-offs, he sold off rights to HBO shows to equally large streaming services like Netflix, while also not re-upping over 200 movies in the HBO Max catalog to avoid paying residuals. He began talks to merge with Paramount, which would create an even less competitive market for big-time movie and TV making. He oversaw cuts to Turner Classic Movies, one of the best channels and avenues for film preservation and history, so much so that he had to be shamed by people like Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg. He also complained about all the money the strikes cost Warner Brothers, while obtusely ignoring how none of the writers and actors were being paid at the time. There is always conflict in Hollywood between business and art, and there always will be. But Zaslav's craven disregard for the artists that make his job possible and make him rich is just the tip of the iceberg, and a bunch of ugly, why-aren't-they-happy-to-be-working sentiments spouted off by studio heads. Why don't they want to work and make money? Maybe because you suggested that background actors should get their faces scanned, so you only have to pay for their labor once, versus, you know, making a career out of it, or a living. Also, who would want to watch a movie with a bunch of face-scanned AI monstrosities? I could go on and on. But the point I want to make is that when studio heads talk about things like how much it costs to make movies, or decreased box office revenue, or how streaming has changed their business model, they speak about it as if they there are these are forces beyond their control, that these are things that just happened. When in reality, this is of their making. They molded the business to be like this. They made the decisions that got us to this point. If a studio is in the hole, it's due to the decisions they make. So blame the consumers, blame the creators, blame everyone else. Just don't blame yourself. It's a simple playbook that every business asshole uses to defend their worst instincts and decisions. Don't fall for it. Studio heads don't want to make great art. They just want to make money. And they don't care who they hurt to do it. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.